Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of the Strand Tennis Center podcast, filled with tips, advice, tennis, not tennis, just life advice too, whatever you need. Uh, like it on YouTube, share it on uh, the podcast as well. Thank you. Are we ready, Santi? Santi's mic was broken, so he said, you don't have to hear me. I said, Santi, without your smooth voice, without your sexy piano jazz singer-like voice, we call you Neil Diamond, Santi. But his mic is not working, so I can't bounce anything off of Santi because I love to bounce sometimes <laughs> balls off his head and bounce different ideas off. But we're finishing our MED series, Minimum Effective Dose. We're going to talk about the return today. So again, to review the minimum effective dose, just off the top again, minimum effective dose is the minimum amount of shots you should learn for 80% aptitude in this game. Again, this is for the player that can't play a ton, that wants to have a certain aptitude. I would say you could get close to 80% if you can learn the serve, the return, and the forehand, and you'll get pretty, pretty high up to aptitude there. We will then hone in on how, many, how much time you should practice this, but, but again, we're on the return side. Now, in regards to the return, it's very similar. And, and again, we talked about indirect work. When you're going to hit a return, you'll hit a backhand too. So you'll have to hit a backhand return or a forehand return. So you can work on your stroke as well. I'd rather have you work on the backhand return than work on backhand ground strokes. Because you're going to have to hit that shot more. The server's going to go after your backhand. But it's from a different angle of the court. When you're hitting a return... You're not hitting it from the center of the court. You're hitting it from, from one corner of the court, and you have to understand that angle and that nuance. It's just a different geometry. So practice returns or practice backhands from a return position. Whether you're a righty, you're practicing on the, on the deuce side, and they come down the tee, or they go out wide on your ad side, that's the way to practice the return. And that's, oh, that's the way to practice the backhand, excuse me. You'll practice it in that context. Always practice shots in their context. And that will help minimize how much you have to practice. Too many times people are hitting backhands from the center of the court when they're rally, or even hitting a backhand a little bit almost on the forehand side. You would never practice something you should not play in contact. So about 75 to 80 percent of the court should be a forehand. And even on the return side, your second serve return should be forehands. You should be trying to run around that ball as much as you can. Trying to anticipate and hit as many forehands as you can. So on the return side, the fundamentals are the same. If you can see the racket, the balls are there. Obviously, you can see the racket. You're still doing that unit turn. It's going to be a little smaller, though. The head-to-head take back is going to be a little smaller. Your feet are going to open up sooner. And you can see this on TV anywhere. You are not going to cross your feet over on that return at all. Think of that fundamental. Try as much as you can always to keep your feet from crossing. You can open up that stance as much as you can. So the open up stance means with a righty, the right foot opens up. But the lefty, the left foot opens up, even on the backhand side on either. You're going to open up your stance and try to keep your body weight behind the ball. You'll see Djokovic go out wide. He'll, this, if you imagine this is leg, he'll stretch out that outside leg on both sides. He stretches it out because he wants to stay behind the ball. And that's the best way to do a return is you must think of an open stance return or a squared stance return. You never want to get yourself crossing your feet. If your front foot is crossing over, that means you're losing your balance. If you are shuffling using the outside foot or squaring, that is the key to a solid return. And what you would do 
to practice your return without the ball first. This is the things, again, people can't get on the court. You can do at home. Sun you will stand on that return side, and Sunti will throw you a ball, or anybody would throw you a ball on the way down, close to you. Here, Sunti, I'll give you this ball. Sunti would throw the ball down to me. Just throw it right on there, on the, on the, on, on the table. And I'm going to catch it on the way up. And that's what I do on a return. I'm going to practice catching the ball on the way up. I'm going to stand there on the return side. The ball's going to be thrown. I'm going to split step, and I'm going to catch the ball on the way up. And that's the key. That's quick hands. Your key to hitting a good return is hitting it early. Early means on the way up, on top of the baseline, because I want to cut off time. And being that the rally is only three or four shots, I want to take advantage on that second shot right away. You're going to take the ball as early as you can and as often as you can, and that's the big key. Early and as often as you can on these return sides. If you get a second serve, you have plenty of time to hit a return. You're going to be able to let that ball come down. You're going to be able to maximize your forehand and try to run around it as much as you can, and that's the big key. So I would practice having somebody throw you a ball or even throw a ball against the wall and catch it on the way up. You can see a lot of hockey goalies do this too. Throw it against the wall, catch it on the way up. Throw it against the wall, catch it on the way up. That is the big key, is having your hands be very quick, fast, and smooth. If you have quick hands, you're going to be able to get returns in when you normally wouldn't be able to get them. So just work on reflexes. So this, again, is something you can do off the court at no expense. This is a no expense idea. What you want to be able to do, again, I'd say 20 on each side, throw the ball to the wall, throw it back, catch it on the way up. Throw the ball to the wall, catch it on the way up. Either hand, too. It'll still help your hand-eye coordination. That's what you want to do. Because the lefty is going to use that opposite hand. You want to catch with the opposite hand. I would do 20 on each side a day. It's going to take you 20 to 30 seconds. It's going to be a great way to practice your reflexes, a great way to practice that return. So again, going over that, the stance has got to be open. The racket has got to be up, again, not as high. It's not going to be this high. It can be a little smaller on the return side. Get used to standing and towing the baseline off the first serve. So that means towing it means that you're right, those toes are right up along the baseline for the return. Very key. And try to get your heels inside the baseline on the second serve return. That means you're controlling the point off the top, and that's what you're going to do. It may be frustrating in the beginning, but your job is to try to control the point off the top. The rally's only three. You're trying to control it within two shots. So 20 on each side. After you do 20 on each side, you can do that at home every day. It doesn't matter. Even if you have a full-time job, you can throw it against the wall. If you're going to practice your return, you're going to have your server or your partner serve from the service line. And you're going to still stand with those toes on the baseline. It works on your reflexes. The, shorter, the faster that ball comes in, the more you shorten your backswing, the more you get ready. Have them serve 10 or 20, 10 or 20 serves from each side, forehand, backhand side, and on the return side. After they do that, then they'll back up. You'll find you'll have a ton more time. So always practice with someone serving from the service line first. It will make you shorten your backswing even more. And again, your job is to not cross your feet. Your job is to open your stance on both sides. It gives you more time. And if you do not cross your feet, and if you're closing your stance or squaring your stance, it means you're stepping forward and you're not having to cross over, and that's the big key. Okay? So after those 20, to 30 returns while they're on the service line. Let them back up if you can give you 10, 15 first serves on each side. 
and then 10, 15 second serves. And on the second serve, you are gonna step inside that court and you're gonna try to hit as many forehands as you can. And that's all you need to do. That is a simple dosage for your return. You have to take the return and understand the philosophy that it's gonna be the shortest ball you're probably ever gonna get, especially on the second serve. Inside the service line, on the service line, even shorter than inside, you know, it, it can be half, even shorter than halfway up the box. Those are your opportunities and you wanna take advantage of them as soon as you can. That really kind of cleans up the minimum effective dose series. Again, the dosages are serve, return, next ball. Serve, return, next ball. I will go into detail about, I'd say, what's the proper amount of time to practice these. And it all, it's all relative. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's just like reps. It's just like working out. If you do more reps, you're going to get in better shape. So if you do this dose series and you do it, you know, and I would do it, think of it weekly. Think of how many reps weekly, not how many days. That way you can control the days. So say uh, I don't know, you do 100 total reps of everything. And then you do, you know, let's say that's, that's uh, three days a week. Let's say you do 300 reps. Just think of increasing the reps. Don't increase the days. That'll help you be able to not have to carve out so much time. So try to do 320 reps the next week. And that's what'll help you instead of saying, all right, I need to do an extra day. Just say, all right, did, keep track of your reps, keep a log. And that'll help you understand how really how much you have to practice, how much you really, how many reps you really have to do. I'd say if you just keep adding 10% more reps a week, you don't have to add more time because you'll be able to squeeze it in because it's so effective this way. Off-court stuff, again, like we said, practicing throw a ball against that wall, picking it up off the ground on the way up. That's for a great return. Serving-wise, you can practice the motion of pronation, like we said. You can practice this at home, rotating. The forehand, you can simply practice and shadow the swing at home. All these things can be done off-court if you want. I know playing is a lot more fun, but this is exactly, this is a, a simple math situation of how to get better at your strokes and be able to have aptitude. You know, if you really want to get better, this is what you should do if you really want to improve those strokes. So we'll go over a effective dose series in regards to the last part. I did review it in the beginning, but we're going to go over it next week as part of another podcast. But we'll go over it on how many days to do it, when to do it, how many things to do, how many forehands you do, how many backhands you do, and we'll go through there. Uh, this can help you... I'll tell you, you'll beat 70 or 80% of the players. 80% aptitude, definitely. Because if you have a solid serve, solid forehand, hold on. Yeah, yeah. A second serve? Well, I, I think you start to read the player itself. I think you start to understand someone's got a big serve and I got to play defense. And then you start to realize that there's two things. Somebody may have a big serve, but they're very, very, it's very easy to read and you know where it's going. It doesn't matter how hard it is. If I can break to the right and know he's serving there, so there's many factors to that question. 
So it all depends on how well the person hides the serve. I know people that don't have strong serves, but they're really great at varying it up. And finding different locations, it gets very difficult. So I would say it all depends on how hard the serve is, but also how good the serve is in regards to location and variation. Those two things, location and variation, are very big with serves. If you find yourself, you know, it's like a pitcher. The pitcher just confuses the batter, and some people just strike out all the time. They just can't. And then some people hit them like crazy because they could just read the pitch. So it all depends on how well you're reading the serve. If you're reading it well, I would go for it a lot. If you're not, I'd take a step back and just block it back, play defense. Give yourself more time. And that's the key. I mean, that's really, that's where the three ball, you know, the, the three ball rally is really key because if you get an effective serve in there, you're really setting yourself up for success right off the next ball. So that's a good question. I would say the big keys to an effective serve or location and variation. Those are the two things. Uh, if you can hit your spots, and you can variate your speeds and spins, and that's what you're going to practice when we go through the dosages of what you should be practicing, I think you're going to be very effective out there. Um, but, you know, how many people, you know, that, that, I, I, hopefully this is valuable because ma many people don't have hours to play, don't have hours to practice. So that kind of wraps up that series. It's just three strokes. You can practice those at nauseam. You can practice them, and you can, you know, you can be so good at your game. You can just maximize your weapons. I mean, like, you think about Del Potro, right? You know, you know Juan Martin Del Potro. He probably could have been such a great, better player. He was always great. But he was injured all the time, right? At one point, he was slicing those backhands all the time. He had really had no backhand. And he was still winning matches. He had a huge serve. Solid return, a big forehand. Most of the time he was slicing this backhand because his left arm, his opposite arm, he had, we had so many different wrist surgeries. That was the problem, was hitting, coming over the backhand. He couldn't hit it. And think about that. He was one of the, you know, and he had, at, at one point he was still one of the top 10 players even with that injury. Look at John Izzer, who's a top 10 player. You know, he has a huge serve, a big forehand, not much else. He didn't have a huge full fundamental game. Even Roddick said I had no backhand, right? Huge serve, huge forehand. That can get you a long way. He was number one in the world. So maximize those strengths. Don't spend all day on weaknesses. They'll never be as good. Hopefully this helps. It's a quick one. They're always pretty quick. We'll have an interview next week. It'll be probably a little longer. Um, and then we'll have another interview that's going to be released. We did a while ago pretty soon, Santi. Uh, I'm excited about that. So everybody, the answers and the actions again. You need to keep moving. Don't think as much as move. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Hope you like the podcast. Please share with your friends, anybody that you know, anybody that's into tennis, anybody that's into bettering themselves, share it.